Have you ever been a member of a trade union, Heather? No, I haven't, although in my first job as a physiotherapist, I did come under quite a lot of pressure to join, but, but didn't. Yeah, only but once you... I was picking cherries in between army gigs. Yeah. <laughs> it's compulsory then, not a change in 1991. Anyway, that's, uh, that's not really the topic for today. Uh, the topic for today is talking about the New Zealand Labour Party, which of course is, clearly has um, roots with the trade union movement. I'm Simon ewing Jarvie, And I'm Heather Roy. Um, so what are we going to cover on the Labour Party, Heather? Right, we're looking at all the parties in alphabetical order and today we're going to look at a very brief history of the Labour Party, um, where the party sits on the political spectrum, uh, the key people in the Labour Party and what you can expect to see from Labour in the election campaign and if they win the election, uh, what you can expect from the party if they are in government. So what's the brief history of the Labour Party? Well, the Labour Party was formed in 1916 out of various socialist parties and trade unions. So they go back a long way, and it would be fair to say that Labour has dominated New Zealand politics since the 1930s. So since then we've had six periods of Labour, Labour government under ten different Labour Prime Ministers. And amongst the most famous would be Michael Joseph Savage, I guess, and Peter Fraser, who mm. uh, largely established the welfare state. And, and led through the Second World War. Mm, that's right. Uh, the 1984 to 1919 Labour government was a very different sort of Labour Party. Um, they were responsible for reducing the role of the state in the economy and uh, most unlabour-like, they privatised state assets. And of course, Longy introduced New Zealand's nuclear-free policy in that government. So one of the things that's often talked about is that Labour brings change and mm. the other big party, National, is more a party of the status quo. Right. And if you listened to one of our earlier podcasts on the political spectrum, you would have heard us talking about Labour being so uh, on on the socially liberal scale rather than conservatism. Yep, that's right. And uh, but more on the state-run or socialist end of the economic uh, scale in terms of how they see the economy yeah. should be run. But they are a centrist party, and mm. they sort of cross over that murky centre ground and. In fact, as we talked about then, Labour and National often vote the same way in Parliament, so sometimes they're not quite as different as they would like you to believe. Yeah. People in New Zealand know Jacinda Ardern, she's on the TV every day. Who are some of the other key people? Uh, Grant Robertson is sort of her loyal lieutenant, if you like. He's mm -hmm. the Minister of Finance. Um, Chris Hipkins and Phil Twyford are also said to belong to her uh, kitchen cabinet. Right, that's the sort of the inner mm. circle. Yeah, mm. it is. Yep, and um, Megan Woods is um, a fairly high profile character in this. Well, she has been very recently too, and every government has a Mr. or a Ms. Fixit, mm. and she's well and truly the Michael Cullen or the Stephen Joyce of this current Labour Party. Right. She's brought in to fix the, the difficulties they're experiencing. What about, what about their list? Any other interesting characters in there? Uh, up until number two, number 16, the list is just current MPs. The mm. first non-current MP is a woman called Aisha Virel, and some people might remember her from the start of the COVID pandemic um, issues where she was brought in to look at why the contact tracing wasn't working effectively. So what can we expect from uh, the party in the election campaign? So far it's been, uh, we're really busy running the COVID uh, pandemic response and, uh, oh gosh, is there going to be an election? Yeah. Which is... Disingenuous. Hubris is the word. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yes, very much what the Prime Minister said in the 
the Labour Party election launch uh, just a week or so ago, that this is a COVID election. Um, that's true, but we need to be looking well beyond COVID. And really, they seem to be campaigning on their crisis management skills. Yeah, well, they've had a few to practice on with the mosque shooting in Christchurch and the um, White Island disaster mm. and so on. Um, but look, I'm reminded of um, Churchill, great wartime leader, lost to Attlee. The difference, he was campaigning on his ability to win the war, and Attlee was campaigning on a future and how to take Britain forward, and that was what engaged with people. So I think the Labour Party do have to be a little bit careful. Oh, I think that's that. just saying this is a COVID election and nothing else matters, we're too busy dealing with the current crisis to not provide New Zealand with a vision for the future and certainly not to explain to voters how we're going to pay back uh, the huge amounts of money that we have borrowed very mm. recently. Uh, I think that that's not, firstly, it's not fair to do that. And secondly, it is disingenuous. Um, governing is not just about lurching from one crisis to the next. It is having a, f a vision for the future. Um, to be fair, Labour Party has put out on their website, which is www.labour.org.nz. On the website, if you go to the policies, uh, they are all there lined up. But when you read through each of them, you'll see that there's nothing new there. Um, most of the anything that you could consider new really was announced at budget time, and so they are just campaigning on their old actions and their old policies. The Labour um, campaign launch um, announced a scheme for um, 311 million, which was basically if you take on a person or someone who you're going to lay off that is at risk of long-term unemployment, you can have up to $22,000. They're looking at an average of about 7500 maximum 40,000 people on it. I don't know. sounds very similar to the, to the National Party's um, 2012 flexi-wage scheme to me. Yes, uh, just maybe a slightly enlarged one. Yeah, more uh, people eligible right. and bigger payouts. Yeah. Yeah. And if you go to their health policy, it says nothing other than what has happened with COVID. Uh, and that's despite a two-year-long working group looking at health reform. So they're not even campaigning on their own uh, working groups, uh, mm. the of results there, of that, yeah, yeah, which is significant. I think it is quite instructive sometimes looking at the policies that parties campaigned on at the last election mm. and if they're in government seeing what they've managed to tick off yep. and so there's actually quite a long list of failed policies or reforms really so the very visible ones Kiwi Build has largely been abandoned because mm. it really just exacerbated middle class welfare didn't help the vulnerable at all Meanwhile homelessness is still an issue Yes, and child poverty. So the Prime Minister campaigned largely in 2017 on how she was going to tackle child poverty. I think there's as many children in poverty now as, the, as there was then. Yep. So another failure. Um, something to sort of help the Greens along the way was the Auckland Light Rail. But that's, well, that's been derailed. That's been derailed well and truly. Yep. Uh, after the mosque shootings, there was the gun buyback and the ammunition non-buyback. Yeah, when you've got citizens taking into court to challenge your right to take property with that compensation, you've, you have derailed yourself, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. Um, the oil and gas exploration ban has been a bit of a known goal, and uh, certainly if National come into government, they've said that they will reverse that. Um, the Provincial Growth Fund, that was put Synony in place. Synonymous with Shane, <laughs> Shane Jones. Jones. Yeah. That was the New Zealand first accommodations. So he had $3 billion to um, scatter around the country. Got a very slow start, the famous tree planting. 
Um, yeah, they're well short of the half a million yeah. or hundred million. And lots of lots of projects have had some sort of seed funding or a bit of follow on, <laughs> bit of follow on funding, but really there was no coherence at all to that. No, and so it's defeat in detail. Three billion has just been frittered away in little bits and pieces here and there with no major impact. Imagine if you just put that into one or two key areas. Yeah, that's that right. amount of money. Her captain's call on capital gains tax fell flat. And that was a big thing that she was going to put in place. Mm. If, um, but when the working group came back, she decided that it wasn't going to happen on her watch. Mm. And the other thing was cannabis reform. I mm. distinctly remember from the 2017 election debates, uh, Bill English and Jacinda Ardern were asked whether they supported uh, cannabis reform and were given 30 seconds to explain why. Bill English did the 30 seconds for, but not very convincingly. But she quite decisively said, I don't need 30 seconds. Yes. Yes, cannabis reform should happen. And now she won't say whether she's going to va- vote in favour of it yep. in the referendum. So who knows what's happened. Yeah, there. so <coughs> my summary of it is that Labour has actually done a, a a uh, pretty reasonable job of handling disasters. Nothing's perfect. They've done a pretty poor job of actually implementing most of what they set out to do in 2017, and that coalition governments sometimes create that result. And they now want to have a, another turn based, another term of parliament, you know, based on their um, record with COVID. Yeah, and what's missing from all of that is a plan for the future. Mm. And that's what I want to see from political parties. What is their vision for New Zealand going forward? What will we look like in 20 or 30 years? Mm. Um, and uh, how? what are the building blocks that are necessary to get there? But we're seeing none of that from them this election. Yeah, what do you think they will do once they, if they're re-elected mm. on whatever date the election ends up being now? Yes. Um, if Labour's in charge on its own or in coalition, um, what, what can we expect? Well, it's, it's hard to say because they're not outlining a plan. I think that they would like to be there on their own. That's most unlikely. No government since 19, the 1951 election has had the majority of the vote, so over 50%. Uh, much more likely if they do get across the line that it will be with the Greens if they manage to get 5%. Yep. Um, I think that they don't want to be in government with New Zealand first again. But in terms of a, a policy plan that they're going to roll out and enact, I don't think they have one. I think they're going to um, have to grapple with the huge debt they've put the country into as a result of COVID, and I think things will probably flow from there. But really, there is no plan. The hens are going to come home to roost um, <laughs> with um, small small business failures and um, yes. unemployment. I mean, yeah, the numbers say that the unemployment's basically the same, but... It's not measuring underemployment and it's not measuring the end of the wage subsidy and it doesn't reflect misemployment. Like when you've got an airline pilot driving a train in, in, in Auckland, yeah, they're, un, they're not unemployed, but... That's right. I think we're in a period of a very artificial environment um, propped up by very artificial means. It's like and the phony war. That's right. There's, there's no reality to the situation we find ourselves in at the moment. So I don't think personally that we can take very much from those unemployment figures. No, I agree. If you'd like to send us in some uh, questions, you can go to the contacts page on our website, talkpoint.co.nz. That's T-O-R-Q-U-E. We're also on social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I'm Simon Ewing-Jarvie. And I'm Heather Roy. We'll talk to you soon.